You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Week 10 almost coming to an end. Uh, we're only a few weeks out from the playoffs. Hopefully, playoffs start week 14 and not week 15. Week 17 can get super iffy, especially when you're trying to decide a fantasy championship. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, it was a crazy week. Crazy Sunday yesterday. Uh, hopefully, you were able to, to come out of it with a win. Hopefully, you have a chance to win tonight. And I hope it works out for you. I know everyone can't win. But I hope it works out for you this week. So, uh, obviously going to start with the Jets-Giants game. <laughs> no, I don't know why. It's just the first game I happened to to review. Uh, so, Darius Slayton had a breakout game, caught 10 of 14 targets, uh, two touchdowns. He had a, another multi-touchdown game a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, him and Daniel Jones seem to have a rapport uh, with Sterling Shepard out, Evan Ingram out. You know, I thought he was a little sneaky, but damn. I mean, he led the team in targets. Uh, Golden Tate got it done, too, with two touchdowns on his own. And, you know, he was the guy I was high on because it was like, you know, he was already getting targets. And plus, with Evan Ingram missing as well on top of Sterling Shepard, he had guaranteed volume. And he took advantage of that. Uh, so that worked out. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see if Shepard and Engram continue to be out, whether they're going to be coming back this season or not. Engram was getting a couple of second opinions, uh, and, and Shepard has those concussion issues. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but for now, Golden Tate, he's an every week start, uh, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, four or five games over 80 yards, four or five of the last games uh, with more than six for six or more receptions. So he's getting it done. So Saquon had 18 touches in this game, and that's cool. But he only had one yard rushing uh, and only 30 yards receiving. Uh, so obviously not a great game for him. Um, he did have an x-ray after the game. Uh, and they were a little bit hush-hush about it after the game. They didn't, they didn't really answer any questions about it. Uh, so, you know, keep a lookout for that. They do have a bye this week. Uh, so it's possible that he gets right and he's fine and they don't really say much. Uh, but just keep an eye out for that. Um, as far as like what he did, what he did in this game, you know, the Jets, you know, were coming into this game, allowing the least amount of yards per carry. Obviously you didn't think that they were going to stop Saquon, but they did. The offensive line was banged up for the Giants moving forward. He'll be fine. As bad as the box score is going to look for Le'Veon Bell, you know, it looked bad this week, last week. He's still going to get it done from a fantasy perspective because of his usage in the passing game. He was the overall PPR RB9 this week. He was the RB9 in PPR last week as well. So he's still holding his own as an RB1 in PPR leagues. Uh, so, you know, continue to start him. You know, hopefully you're not depending on him, like, to give you those that ceiling. But he's consistent enough uh, to be an every week start. 
Jameson Crowder's second straight week getting it done, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, seems like him and Sam Darnold are on the same page. Uh, you know who's not on the same page with Sam Darnold? I, I, Robbie Anderson. Uh, he he's hardly being targeted. I think he has a total of three catches over the last two weeks. Very winnable matchups, especially this past week. The Giants were give, giving up like the most 40-yard passing plays in the league, like the third most 20. Plus yard passing plays in the league and hardly getting targeted one catch. Demarius Thomas getting nine targets out here. I mean, if you haven't dropped Robbie Anderson already, um, I, I hate to do it because his matchups are so juicy. But I think we have to. If you're wondering about Chris Herndon, uh, by the way, this is way too much on the Jets and Giants. I'm sorry. I'll move on right after this one. <laughs> but there is a couple of fantasy implications. Anyway, Chris Herndon, uh, you know, finally played this week. Um, he split routes run uh, with Ryan Griffin. Eleven, Both had 11 routes in this game. Um, if you need a tight end, I can understand holding him. Not an amazing matchup next week against the Redskins. Um, I would assume with a couple full practices, he gets more work, but and Chris Herndon has fractured ribs, and he will be out for, I'm guessing, a long time. That right there was like a telltale sign to just move the fuck on, please. No one cares about the Jets. I guess that's just me. Um, Melvin Gordon, looking great, looking back. Um, you know, he had a tough matchup on the ground, but was able to overcome it like the Melvin Gordon that we knew, right, uh, from seasons past. Uh, so glad that he was able to kind of like, you know, get his legs under him and start playing relatively well um Russell Okun came back a couple weeks ago and we thought that maybe that would be the the big difference in Okun left the game early you know with a with a groin strain and Melvin Gordon was still able to do his thing didn't really affect the run game too much in that game uh definitely affected pass protection though no doubt about it uh so you know this week uh they have a, a good matchup against the Chiefs you saw what Derrick Henry just did Melvin Gordon obviously is going to be in that borderline RB1 RB2 conversation um and then you have Eckler um, who is still a flex play right now. So Melvin Gordon playing like 63, 64% of snaps over the last two weeks. So, you know, Echo's opportunity is dwindling a little bit. Um, you would have liked to see more involvement uh, in the passing game for Melvin Gordon. He did have one catch last week for 25 yards, so you want to see more of that. Uh, and I'm sure that will come. Uh, but Eckler remains a flex play, especially uh, in PPR leagues. So with Matt Stafford out, Jeff Driscoll was still able to target the fantasy-relevant players, right? So Marvin Jones had six targets. Kenny Galladay had nine targets. That's what we want to see. Uh, so going forward, if Matt Stafford were to be out, at least we know those guys will be targeted. Ty Johnson had a concussion, and, and I know that you probably don't care about the Lions' backfield, but J.D. McKissick did see a ton of snaps because of that injury, uh, and it's possible that he's their only guy. This backfield is really thin at the moment. Maybe they signed J.H.I.E. Lamar Jackson's fucking incredible. I mean, that touchdown run was amazing. Like, he, first of all, juked one dude, sp spun around, had two dudes miss. I mean, legit. Anyway, he had four total touchdowns in this game. Dude is balling the fuck out right now. Um, Mark Ingram uh, only had nine attempts. And this is, I, I did allude to this this week, uh, and I was a little bit worried, but nine attempts in this game, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, he, he, thank God he scored. Otherwise, you'll be looking at like a three-point fantasy outing in this amazing matchup uh but you know it was really the, the lamar jackson show uh but you know what this was the problem with mark jackson mark jackson <laughs> uh mark ingram <laughs> that's kind of funny mark ingram that is a problem with him because his ceiling from a volume perspective is capped um and that's his only issue i mean obviously you want to play him as an rb2 most weeks because he's on a great offense but 
this is his only issue. Believe it or not, no wide receiver for the Ravens ran more than 12 routes in this game. It's kind of crazy what they're doing in Baltimore right now. But um, Marquise Brown still had four targets, which is actually 20, 25% of Lamar Jackson's attempts. Uh, so that target share is legit. Uh, caught four for four, caught that touchdown. Um, he's back in the map, seems healthy. Uh, so, you know, you kind of back in on him. And next week he has Houston, which is a great matchup for wide receivers, especially on the outside. I'm glad Mark Andrews was able to turn his volume into production. Before last week, he didn't have less than seven targets in any game. So if we were to just follow that, we knew that the volume was going to turn into production soon, uh, and it did. He caught two touchdowns on six targets yesterday. Out of nowhere, Joe Mixon got 30 carries yesterday in a game that they lost by like 30 points. Um, only had three targets, though. Not sure how that happens. I guess it's a good thing for Joe Mixon. They have Oakland next week. Not a good matchup. I'm still not upgrading him. Tyler Boyd caught 6 of 8 for 62 yards uh, in his matchup with his new quarterback, Ryan Finley. In case you didn't know, that was the Bengals quarterback now that Andy Dalton has been benched. Um, but a 27% target share, I guess he's usable as a wide receiver 3 moving forward. At least he's the guy. Uh, him and Auden Tate ran the most routes of, of any of those wide receivers by far. Um, but he did potentially have an injury late. Like he After the game, he said that... He, Said that he cramped up. Uh, he did have to be helped off the field. Um, but after, and after the game, he said that, oh uh, yeah, I had a cramp. But if it's serious, then we'll see. But so if it, can it cramps can cramps be serious? So we don't know if he has an injury or not. Just keep an eye out. Devin Singletary's volume in the run game, eight carries, pretty disappointing, especially considering it's a, it was a close game against the Browns, a very winnable matchup for him. He was averaging over five yards a carry, so he was effective with his runs. And then you have Josh Allen throwing the ball 41 times in this game. It seemed a little unnecessary, a little bizarre. Uh, but you know what? Like I think they'll look at this game, they lost the game, and they'll realize that they should have ran the ball more. Um, so because of that, I do think that Singletary is a buy right now. Uh, his seven targets in this game was very encouraging. Uh, four targets last week. There was three games this year where he had six or more targets. Um, so I'm buying him. You know, he saw, uh, I think it was like, what, 70% of snaps this week. Uh, so that's a good sign moving forward. Kareem Hunt made his debut for the Browns this week, um, and him and Nick Chubb shared the field a ton, which is like best-case scenario, right? Like, if you had Nick Chubb, you're like, all right, thank God. You're not taking Chubb off the field necessarily to bring in Hunt. We'll see how they use him going forward. Uh, but, you know, Chubb's snap percentage went up from last week to 80%. Kareem Hunt was on the field for, like, 57% of plays. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had 20 carries, three targets, which is basically in line with what he's been getting. Um... I think it's like the fourth straight week with exactly 20 carries. Uh, five of the last six games uh, he had 20 carries in. So hopefully that continues. Uh, but Kareem, Hunt, Kareem Hunt's on nine targets in this game. OBJ had 12 targets. Landry had 10 targets. And he had nine. Caught seven of nine uh, for 40-something yards. I think he totaled like 75 yards in this game. Something like that. Um, so, like, with that type of usage, and if you're in a PPR league, um, that's not bad. And, you know, he's like a... PPR, low-end RB2, flex play. Um, if this type of usage continues, I don't think he's going to see nine targets every single week. Um, but if he sees, like, you know, four to six targets a game, plus, like, a handful of carries, then that's still a PPR flex play. Um, think Austin Eckler type of thing, right? Um, so, yeah. So, hopefully, this doesn't, you know, this was a neutral game script, right? So, in the negative game script, maybe they do pull off Chubb and bring Kareem Hunt in on those type of situations, but... 
that's yet to be seen. Jarvis Landry saw 10 plus targets in each of the last three games, and a lot of that has to do with Odell Beckham Jr.'s matchups. Um, he was shadowed by Stefan Gilmore, Chris Harris, and yesterday he was shadowed by Tredavious White um, on a ton of his routes 53 of 63 routes or something like that. Um, so this week they're going to see Pittsburgh on Thursday night. It's, it's still a tough matchup. You know, the Steelers play very well on the perimeter. Um, you saw what they just did to Cooper Cup even though that's in the slot and that's where Landry usually plays. Now, you know, they're not going to ha- they're not going to be able to keep both of them in check and I think if they have to choose one, they're going to choose OBJ. Um, so I think Landry can once again potentially get double digit targets out of the slot. And that's really been the Steelers Achilles heel, which is why it's so surprising that Cooper Cup was able to get a zero, but I think they really focused in on Cup, Mike Hilton. Uh, I'm talking about Cooper Cup now, I guess. Mike Hilton shadowed, well, shadowed, but really was the one sticking to Cooper Cup while he was in the slot. And they ran a lot of man coverage where they, when they usually play a lot of zone there, um, let linebackers kind of be kind of around the area of those slot wide receivers, especially on those short routes to intermediate routes. Um, but I wasn't even talking about Cooper Cup here. I was really talking about uh, Jarvis Landry. And then, you know, you know, as far as OBJ goes, this is like the third time I think this oh in the fourth time that he uh had ten or more targets in, in a game this year, which is crazy. He he needs more. And by the way, OBJ could have had a big game. I mean he Baker Mayfield missed him on what could have been like an eighty yard touchdown in the beginning of the game. Um and then Tredavious White knocked out um a ball from OBJ's hands in the end zone, which would have been a touchdown. The Falcons stunned the Saints in New Orleans this week. Uh very surprising win for them. Uh Devontae Freeman got hurt Seems like he has a foot sprain. He's going to get an MRI, but it, it seems like he he's probably going to miss some games, I would assume. Uh, Brian Hill um, had almost all of the snaps. Well, he had 38 snaps. Um, Kenjon Barner had 10. Quadre Olison was um, active, but he only played on special teams, and he didn't get any snaps on offense. Uh, Austin Hooper also sustained an injury. Um, seems like an L- MCL sprain. Um, Dr. James Chow, who is pro football doc on Twitter, said that it doesn't look like, a, an, like an ACL. Uh, so hoping hoping that he's fine. He's going to get an MRI today as well. We probably already got it. Uh, but moving forward, if he does miss time, maybe you can start trusting Calvin Ridley a little bit. Uh, he's actually, I was checking, and he's actually uh, in line to duplicate his rookie season, like, to the catch um, and almost to the yardage. Like, it's literally a couple yards off, too, just with less touchdowns. So, hopefully, you know, if Hooper is going to miss time, uh, really is able to step up. It's really about getting the targets. He hasn't got them because they have so many weapons. So, hopefully, that changes. There's really no good way to gauge what the Saints' backfield would have looked like if they weren't in a negative game script all game long. Uh, and because of that, uh, Kamara was on the field 78% of the time. Um, and when I say because of that, I don't know that i'm just assuming that right um so if i have latavius murray i'm not necessarily dropping him after this week you know unless i'm picking up somebody that i could definitely use next week like brian hill or some somebody like that um but you know if i can keep him i would just in case uh you know i think most saints games aren't going to be where they're just catching up the entire game um it'll probably be a more balanced game where they can run the ball a little bit more um, and if that's the case, is Murray uh, very involved after, you know, he killed it uh, with Kamara out. So maybe he deserves more touches. And Sean Payton has talked about that, that that's probably what they're going to do. Um, so keep him, hold him. Um, I don't know if I want to play him next week necessarily, but he's still a, a desperate flex play if you need it. And obviously he has upside. 
Jared Cook's 10 targets this week was is very encouraging, uh, especially when you consider like the top heavy pass distribution. Like they know who they're going to target in the pass game. It was Michael Thomas who had 14. And then Kamara and Jared Cook, both with 10, and the next highest had two targets. So they, they kind of knew who they were going to target. And it's nice seeing that from Drew Brees, who we haven't seen a real connection from, uh, you know, as far as between him and Cook. It's really any connection we've seen uh, with Jared Cook, is it was with Teddy Bridgewater. So that's always good to see. Um, uh, and his routes, like he's running 39 routes in this game compared to Michael Thomas's like 48. Um, so that's, that's legit for a tight end. So David Johnson ended up being the 1B in this game, um, and it took a fumble late in the third quarter to just take him out and bench him completely. Uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, out-targeted, I'm sorry, out-touched David Johnson 8-3 to in the first half, well before that fumble. Um, he got three touches in, in the game before David Johnson got his first touch. Um, so that goes to show what they think of David Johnson right now. No word on whether it's an injury, right? He did practice in full, so you would think that he would have been just fine to go, but he didn't look right. He didn't look the same. Um, now, David Johnson, he hasn't looked great in the run game. Like I mentioned this, like, last week, the week before. Um, didn't look great in the run game this year, and, you know, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds both have looked better um, in, that as in, that, in that aspect of the game. Now, David Johnson, you know, was, like, the RB5 in PPR in those first five weeks uh, because of his, you know, really, really talented he's really good at catching the ball and he's really good at running routes and he's almost a wide receiver um and that's what really kept him afloat so that the the ineptitude in the run game it's not ineptitude he's in the nfl um and he's performed in the past but uh it's not his strong suit and and, and that shows right now uh especially in this offense where you know they're spreading it out for him and he's still unable to get yards um so he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Kenyon Drake, um, I'm holding on to him. Uh, I'm playing him next week as a flex. Um, so if I'm looking to make a playoff push right now, you got the 49ers this week, and you probably don't have any confidence to play David Johnson, right? And then he has a bye week, and then he's going to come back in, in week 13. And then what? Are you going to start him? Are you going to know whether to start him or not? Is Chase Edmonds going to be back as well? Who's going to be the who's who's going to be part of any rotation that they do have? A lot of questions, right? And if you're trying to make a playoff push, I'm trying to sell. Get somebody that you can use. Get an RB2 back if possible. See what kind of haul you can get. Christian Kirk uh, made a transition to the outside over the last two games, playing 82% of snaps from the outside uh, instead of where he started the season in the slot where he usually has better matchups. Uh, but you get a, a higher depth of target when you do play on the outside, and it definitely helped in this game. Uh, and three touchdowns in this game, really overcorrected. He was due for a touchdown. He didn't score before this game. And on the amount of targets he had, Usually the numbers correlate uh, to at least a couple touchdowns, and it really overcorrected in this game. Um, now, going forward, I might be looking to sell. So this week he has San Francisco, which is not a great matchup for him, and he's not even a, a must-start after this past game that he had. Listen, it was a great game for him. It was a great matchup, too. Um, and against the 49ers, if he's going to play more on the outside, he's going to see more Richard Sherman, um, and they've been stout on the outside. Um and on, in the slot, wherever he lines up. So it's not a tough match, it's not a plus matchup for him there. Then they have a bye, right? So that's two weeks of potential missed opportunity. Um, 
You know what I mean? When you're coming off a game like this, like you got to field offers to see if people will overpay. Um, that's key, right? And then he's coming off the bye. He's going to see the Rams. And if he's going to play more on the outside like he has been over the past two games, he's going to see a Jalen Ramsey shadow. That's not good either. And then he has the Steelers a little bit better, but still Joe Hayden out there potentially probably won't shadow, but it's still a tough matchup against the Steelers on the outside. They're, they're stout, uh, you know, on the perimeter. Um and then you have Cleveland, Cleveland, which is a winnable matchup. They still have Denzel Ward. Uh, Seahawks, a little bit tougher, but winnable. Still, though, you know, if he doesn't come through in those weeks, you might feel like you missed an opportunity. So after a game like this, you got to feel the offers just to see what people are willing to pay. And then you kind of weigh the options to see, like, hey, he might not be usable for me over the next couple of weeks. So. I remember a time where Ronald Jones uh, was terrible at pass catching, but he caught all eight of his targets for 77 yards in this game. So pretty encouraging. He did split uh, the carries 50-50 and snap percentage around 50-50 as well, but still RB2. Damian Williams back as the bell cow. 24 touches in this game for over 100 yards. Darrell Williams only saw three touches. LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. Damian Williams even fumbled in this game, lost it. Still was the guy. Uh, I'm training for him. It's risky, but high upside. I think it's time to buy low on Devontae Adams. It doesn't seem like the toe is bothering him, which was my concern while he was hurt. Didn't want to buy a low at that time because of that. Uh, but, you know, 10 plus targets each of the last two games, seven catches in each of the each, each of those games as well. Uh, didn't score a touchdown in any of the six games he was healthy for. Uh, he's going to be due because uh, he hasn't scored a touchdown with Aaron Rodgers yet. That's going to happen. Uh, so he, he has a buy this week. So that's one buying point. The other buying point is... The fact that they have San Francisco, which is a tough matchup on paper the week after. Um, but after that, it's looking pretty good. Um, they have the Giants week 13, then Redskins, Bears, which is a winnable matchup, and then Vikings championship week. That's legit, and uh, Devontae Abs can take advantage of that for sure.